0: Done its part. Now let him rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part, now let him rain in my life and in, in my heart.
1: Hello, welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are here today with my wife Shay. Hi Shay.
2: Good morning.
1: How are you? I'm good. Good. We're all doing great. That's great. We're also here with uh, our wonderful intern counselor intern Corey. Hi Corey. Hey, Corey is the our, he is the brain behind all of this. He helps put all of this equipment together. He's got a great talent and singing and music and recording, and so we're just glad to have him. He's just a gift to us, so thanks for being here. Thank you. Shadow of His Wings Ministry is a ministry that was born out of uh, a broken place in my life and in my wife's life, and we both came from unwanted same-sex attraction. We had some sexual brokenness in our past and some hurts. And it's been a journey of recovery and learning who we are in Christ and healing. And so maybe you know someone who struggles with their sexuality or struggles with sexual brokenness. And we are a ministry that really strives to help people find freedom from any kind of sexual brokenness. It doesn't have to be same sex attraction, it can be looking at porn, it can be compulsive sexual behaviors any of those things that you that a person may struggle with in their sexuality. And so that is our, I should say that is one of our facets of our ministry. We, we love healing. We love the healing that God can do. We believe he is the great healer. And so we also work with many other areas of brokenness in people's lives. But today we're actually going to speak about pornography and the devastation of pornography. But I... I just want you all to know that we have a real heart for people who struggle with their sexuality with whatever it is because there can be so much shame there and oftentimes shame is the thing that cements the brokenness in place. So we are we are very interested in asking Christ to help set the captive free and to allow him to use whatever he wants in us to allow you all to see a possibility of freedom. So today we're looking at pornography and where it affects a person's life. And I don't know about any of you listeners out there, but I found pornography at a very early age. I found pornography at about nine years old. And once it entered my life, it kind of took over. It was just a, a devastation. All I know is once I had seen it, I couldn't get rid of it. I didn't know how to stop looking at it. And you may have experienced that. And I think it's a real interesting conversation to have about pornography because a lot of our world today believes that there's nothing wrong with pornography. Just recently, uh one of the the icons of pornography in our country, Hugh Hefner passed away, and so I think that's an interesting place to to kind of look. Many people look at him as an icon and and as someone who, you know, had this 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 great impact on our society through Playboy magazine. And I look at that, and all I really see is someone who devastated the lives of millions and perhaps even billions of people. And so I think it's important to begin looking at our own views of pornography. I've heard people say before that, oh, um, uh, it's okay as long as I just look at it myself, I'm not hurting anyone, it's a victimless crime, it doesn't affect my marriage or it doesn't affect my wife or um, you know any number of things. But I think when you begin to boil down the truth about pornography, you find that its tendrils tend to affect every area of our lives once a person gets stuck in it.
2: Well and I think it's interesting and I just kind of think maybe that's the first place we could go is to talk about the just the devastation when you do find pornography at such an early and a young age.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, it's it's isn't it kind of I mean I would suspect. I mean, we can have kind of an open discussion here uh even, you know, just opening the door to thoughts and ideas, but I can offer to you my own experience is that it was an interesting mix of shame and yet excitement. And so I think when that door is opened, a kid begins to feel a couple of things. One is, I know this is forbidden. I know I shouldn't be looking at this. I know it's wrong, but now I don't really know how to stop it because it kind of takes over. And it's uh, it can do a, a number of things. I, I can tell you in my own brokenness, I started with – heterosexual pornography and then at one point was exposed to homosexual pornography or male pornography. And then before I knew it, that had taken over in my own brokenness. And so there was completely two different feelings there because with heterosexual porn, it was a different feeling than when uh, male pornography was in, introduced because at that point then it made me feel inadequate. Like I looked at these pictures of these men at 10, 11 years old and thought, I'm never going to look like that. Where with female porn, it was much different. It was more of a, a just an, a kind of an enticement. The other thing was more of a broken place. So I think it can do any number of things when you get exposed to it. It's kind of hard to talk about porn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah a little bit it is difficult um and i don't mind continuing i think i think pornography creates very unrealistic expectations of intimacy of body types of um the way sex is supposed to be and so uh, i can't help but emphasize over and over especially if you're a parent right now listening don't take it so lightly. Be cautious because you you don't want your boys or your girls to get involved in pornography because it changes a heart. It takes the purity and the innocence of what God intended about sexuality and it, it destroys it. It begins to tear it apart. And then the child doesn't feel innocent anymore. The child doesn't feel this newness about sexuality because now it's become seedy and under the under the covers so to speak of of what is forbidden which are these naked images which is never a true reality of what intimacy is supposed to be
0: and i was going to say i also found porn when i was young like 11 and it was very shocking it was i just remember it was such a powerful thing it was, i don't know what else to say but just shocking and also shameful and but like i i couldn't really talk to anyone about it i couldn't i didn't want to get in trouble you know but i think it changed my whole view of the world my whole life i mean i just can think back to middle school and it changed how i looked at everything you know and it just kind of infected my my whole experience
1: Absolutely. I, I think it does that. I don't think you know it at the time, but it it like rips off the glasses of innocence that we wear and allows us to see everything through the eye. It's kind of like I think about the garden when Adam and Eve realized they were naked. It's the same thing. It's like you're exposed now to this nakedness that says, oh, wow, my whole view has now changed. And.
2: Well, and I was just thinking that, you know, the thing is with pornography is you do not see the love portion that God had intended. Absolutely. The love portion that should go naturally along with, you know, with sexuality and, and relationship. You don't see that. You only see the act of sex. And sometimes if you're at a young age or an early age, maybe you haven't been told about sexuality and all the ins and outs and what it really entails. And so it could be frightening. It could be scary.
1: Absolutely. And, it, and it's scary because it you can feel the forbiddenness. You can feel sure. what it's doing to you, but you don't know how to stop it. And I think it's amazing. I think it's important to kind of talk about, you know, what what the spirit of lust that occurs around pornography actually does because lust never fails. Lust will always bring you more. It will always tell you to go to higher places of lust. It will also always bring you higher levels of, of want for something bigger, better. But it, you're absolutely right. But it never offers you any love because love is God's genuine blessing. Lust is a counterfeit. Lust is a counterfeit that Satan offers when you can't get to love or when you don't even know what it is. And that is the absolute devastation, is when a child picks up pornography, it stunts his or her growth in the area of knowing how to love versus knowing how to lust. Because lust doesn't want you to love, because true love making is completely different than lust. And that's the problem, is you don't, a kid doesn't understand what love is, he only knows or she only knows at that point what lust does, because that's what pornography is. It's a, it's a byproduct of the spirit of lust in our world. Very
0: true. And something occurred to me just now like, you know, sex was never meant to be watched. You know, it's just Absolutely. such a weird thing if you think about it. It You know, that's just my thought, but
1: Yeah, it's a great thought because when you when you actually boil that statement down, then you have where all of the brokenness starts to pour out of. It's not meant to be watched, yet there comes the brokenness of exhibitionism, the brokenness of voyeurism, the brokenness of, of I can't relate to a person intimately, but I can go have sex with myself in front of a computer. It's that whole process of I don't really know how to connect with others, but I can go watch something that allows me to feel like I actually get that experience. I've had I've worked a lot with guys who struggle in this area and a lot of guys say I didn't need relationship because as long as I had pornography and masturbation, then I had relationship. It it replaced some of that. Crazy thing is, is it's not real, but it does fill a need with a counterfeit thing. It's, I call it drinking the pink Kool-Aid, you know, it's like you may be dying of thirst, and you can go to that, that cooler over there and fill your glass full of pink Kool-Aid. It's cold, it's wet, it's sweet, but it doesn't quench the thirst. It just gives you a momentary glimpse of what's real, which is something wet on your tongue. But true living water is the only thing that satisfies that. But Satan doesn't care about that. He wants you to just take the cup for the moment because you're going to be thirsty in 20 minutes. And that's the craziness about idolatry because it will never satisfy the true desire to be loved and to be fully known.
2: Very true. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about porn as idolatry. What do you think about that? you think people understand that porn is, is worshiping an image?
2: I don't know that people totally can wrap their mind around it. I say, well, I'm not idolizing somebody.
1: Right. I think I think it would be interesting to, you know, even listeners, I know we're we're gonna be on a podcast, so they can't call in, but to kind of put themselves in a situation of depending on the kind of pornography they're looking at. Like I've worked enough with guys who struggle with both areas, whether it's heterosexual porn or homosexual porn. And the guys who struggle with heterosexual porn oftentimes idolize the image of the perfect woman. They want her to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to have certain dimensions, sizes, all that sort of thing. But that's their idolatry. That's their worship of the perfect woman because it makes them feel more perfect and or more loved.
2: Or they could be idolizing the the male in the role – because that's who I want to be
1: absolutely beautiful statement there that's that is so true sometimes, and they may not like to look at it that way, but sometimes it is them idolizing that perfect male in the picture that's the stud that can actually win the heart of a woman and be and be her Casanova
2: right
1: so that's absolutely true, absolutely true. And then if you look at the other side in that in that equation, where it's men who struggle with homosexual porn, then there's usually an idolatry of the perfect male there. But it's more, I don't want to, I, I'm not worshiping the perfect image because I I want to be with it. It's more, I want to be that. Most guys who struggle with homosexuality, they want to be that image. They look at pornography that relates to their brokenness, where whether it is, they felt inadequate in their physical ability, so they look at masculine, muscular men. Or they've, you know, I had one guy tell me one time he looked for an, a certain look in a guy's face that showed him that he was confident because he always felt not very confident. Or sometimes it's penis size, sometimes it's, you know, like I said, muscu- uh, a muscular guy, but it's this image of what they feel they lack. And that's where they go after that want to be with a guy that will ultimately affirm in them what they don't think they really have. It's just a beginning of trying to think about those things. Because if we, can, if we can begin to look at pornography in the eyes that I believe God sees it, which is in the eyes of idolatry, then when you worship the created, you know, there's a great verse in the Bible. It's in Romans 1, it's verse 25. It says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. I think when you exchange worship of the creator for worship of the created, then it begins to turn your heart over to depravity because that's that's where all this comes from. And that's what happens, and it's so sad to a little child at a young age when pornography is, is introduced into their life. That's why it's so important that parents protect their children against pornography because it can actually devastate their ability to see God's best for them because in that moment it becomes the primary thing in their life. And so then they stop learning how to really to, to see the Creator and they begin to only see the created.
2: Well, and I think that is absolutely, I mean, just looking at that verse, that absolutely helps to clarify what it is about idolatry, that porn is idolatry, because you're not, you're no longer really looking to the creator, and he created, you know, like he created man, and he created woman, and he said it is good, but... But it's, it's our turning, you know, whoever's looking at pornography, they're turning their eyes to the created, and that is idolatry. I think that's a great verse to use for that.
1: Absolutely. And I don't think people realize, I think if they were willing to kind of look at their own hurts, they might find that it's not this phrase that I hear a lot, which is, you don't understand, I just need a lot of sex. It's more, do you realize that your brokenness is causing this to hit somewhere that actually makes you feel less broken for the moment, but it's still your brokenness. Whether it's like you said, whether it's a guy who thinks he's never gonna be capable of winning the heart of this woman, so he puts himself in the place of that man in the picture of him having great sex with this sexy blonde, or whether it's a guy who looks at that sexy blonde and says, that's the woman I want, but I can never have her, so I'll idolize her from a distance, or whether it's that male who's looking at pictures of men and saying, I want what he's got because I'm so inadequate. All of those things are based in brokenness, but I can tell you as a teenager, I never knew the brokenness. All I could see was that, hey, this this is feels good it's sexual it makes me feel good it it it's lusty and so i think it takes a while for you know the 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 scales to fall off a person's eyes so to speak to help them see that this isn't just a hey i my wife won't give me sex so i'm going to go look at porn or i just like sex it's actually a broken place that that consistently is broken over and over and over again every time you reopen it by looking at pornography. And I I just think if we could really grasp that, that it's a broken place and not, oh, I just like looking at naked pictures, because that's what the world says. So that's what the Playboy Mansion was all about, right, is, you know, oh, it's just fun. And, yes, lust will allow you to have fun for a season, but it it doesn't stay there. It always destroys.
2: And what do you think about if somebody says, well, I don't really have those issues, I'm not idolizing, I'm not, you know, all of these things. You know, I just started thinking, what role do you think it plays as far as, you know, like if, uh, say you've got somebody that is... Uh, kind of an high in perfectionism, or they're, you know, always, you know, they're in a position where they're always having to be, to do everything right, and people look to them, you know, and pornography becomes more of a an escape and a kind of a... Um, kind of a almost like when you're a child and and you you're tempted to take a cookie from the cookie jar and you know it's that kind of that mystique of being bad you know that something that's kind of alluring and kind of drawing into you know um it's just a time when I can just be bad I can just you know be naughty you
1: Absolutely. know and that
2: and that and that feeling free that Maybe feeling of free, because I know we've worked with a lot of people that are in church authority or in situations like that, you know, where, where they're seen to have to walk a certain way or talk a certain way, and then that, that side is kind of a freeing place. They believe, you know, that it's, it's a freeing place to be able to just be bad.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a great that's a great road to go down because what I what I see in that is pornography is that thing that Satan can use to fill in any gap. And so here you are just expressing this gap of perfectionism, this hole in a person's heart that says, "We don't really appreciate you for who you are. We appreciate we appreciate you for what you do. We appreciate you for how well you make us feel and how you shine for us. And so a person who's always in that spotlight of shining, absolutely agree that they will hit a place where Satan will say, hey, you want to go somewhere where you can just be nothing, be nothing to no one, be free, then porn is the thing for you. Sex outside your marriage, sex with a prostitute, any of those things can begin to be that place of here, no one expects anything from me. Here, I can just do what I want, be bad, and nobody really has anything to say about it. It also can fill in the gap of of that perfectionism piece when a guy likes, or, or perhaps a female, but mostly guys, want to be in control. It's like pornography, you can absolutely control everything. You can control what you look at. You can control what the woman does or what the man does. You can control how quick you have sex or how slow you have sex. I mean, it's all under your control, and a lot of times that is a broken place as well. Well,
2: and the female as well. As well. You know, you have a lot of females that— um, you know i've been through sexual abuse i mean the statistics show you know 3 out of 4 right you know women will have experienced sexual abuse right and so they they see sex as as well the sexual tool as a as a weapon they see that whole thing as threatening and sure. so for them to, to get involved in pornography, that's a control issue as well. It's well, at least I'm not I'm not gonna be hurt, or at least I can control, you know, if somebody's gonna hurt me or not hurt
1: me. Absolutely. And and it's interestingly enough, I read a statistic one time, I can't quote it where I got it from, so you can just look it up for yourself. But a large number of, of porn stars have been abused as children. And and it's the same it's the same premise. Is there, they're in complete control. They're doing it when they want it and based upon a you know, a a job, a payment. And it, yet it's it's that crazy place of taking something that's very broken and saying, I'm not gonna deal with my my brokenness. I'm gonna just actually do something that Satan offers, which is a complete counterfeit that will just allow me to never really feel my brokenness. You know, I've had guys Specifically, since I work primarily with guys, you know, some at some points just look at me and you can just tell they have the deer in the headlights look. Like I never knew this was a problem, or I never knew this had such deep deep roots in their life because they've lived most of their life just hiding it and acting like it was no big deal. Oh, it was just a moment, or it just happened a few times, or it's just I just something I do when no one else is around. And it's, it's just realizing the kind of deep root devastation that this causes. I want to talk a little bit before we run out of time here about how porn is changing. Um, recently, I think it's important because I think it's, it's the way Satan changes and adapts in our brokenness. I've... I've come across some folks who have some brokenness that I really think is interesting to kind of put out on the table here because it's not talked a lot about, but I think it's getting stronger. And that is some different variations of pornography that I'm seeing in counseling with some of our younger, more millennial generation folks. And it's, it's there's several things. One is the furry porn. One is anime porn. There's And there's also animated porn. And I've just been intrigued by this because I think it's it is it never ceases to amaze me how Satan will try and manipulate and to maneuver his counterfeit way of meeting the need, even if it's not the status quo of what we're all used to and and so i'm I've seen it happen a lot in in the last probably year. I've come across more and more people who have struggles with things like furry porn or attractions to animal. I mean, it 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 borderlines on bestiality, but it's not officially bestiality because it's kind of an animated fantasy kind of thing. But it is so devastating because the I've only worked with guys at this point who've had this problem, although we've had a couple of people write in that were female who dealt with furry porn and animated porn. It's so devastating because it just feels. I mean, they they get kind of the weirdness of it because it already it's not even normal porn. It's kind of like I know when I went through when I went through my brokenness, I thought, well, it's if only I could have the kind of pornography issue that they have, which is just looking at heterosexual porn. So it's kind of this hierarchy of accept acceptance. There's this hierarchy of acceptance. It's Heterosexual porn, you know, homosexual porn, now we've got this whole new thing that's this kind of animated fantasy porn, furry porn, where these people are part male, part female, part animal, you know, it's, and I don't want to get too descriptive, because I would never want to cause anyone to stumble, but I think it's important to begin to look at the brokenness of pornography and and just allow... Allow us just to begin to see that Satan is never gonna stop. It is an evolving thing. And just to kind of kinda open that door a little bit, to begin to say, hey, you know, you may think that all your kids might be struggling with is just heterosexual porn and oh, we don't allow that in our home, but there's all different ways to find you know, to find ways to to tempt a child. And I think it's important to kind of just kind of open that door a little bit.
0: I think the part of the reason that it changes is um, people build up a tolerance to looking at porn and then that's not as exciting anymore. And so then it just gets more deep into that kind of weird stuff or violent porn or Whatever I, I've even read about guys who never thought they were gay start looking at you know gay porn, and then it just goes deeper and deeper, and you know
1: absolutely evolves. and I think you know I think what's what's absolutely true about that is sin will always ask for more. Sin will always take us deeper than we ever thought we'd go. I do think it's interesting and should be at least looked at is is trying to figure out the core brokenness that would allow a person to go to certain types of pornography. I, I definitely believe that that sin will take you further than you've ever gone, but I would I would challenge, you know, when a guy says, "Well, I never even had any feelings for attraction for men, but yet now I'm looking at gay porn." See, as a counselor, I'd probably say, Oh, but I bet somewhere you already had a father wound somewhere, and this just happened to crack open that place and allow it to begin to feel. Or I worked with a guy one time who liked to look at, you know, kind of uh, very rough sex towards a woman. And he's like, I don't know why, I just like it. I'd never rape a woman, but I kind of like to look at that. But. As we began to talk, he had a lot of anger and hatred towards his mom. And so that was where some of this was coming from. So I always challenge folks. The, sometimes it is just sin. You're absolutely right, taking you to a place you never thought you'd go. But sometimes it's also, hey, you may not want to just stay there. You may want to look at why would I slowly begin to think this is interesting. Because it's kind of like this furry porn, anime porn, uh, something that I've seen. I haven't read much about it, but it's (sighs) something that I believe is anime porn is easier for the palate, so to speak. It's more palatable. It's like you may have someone who's absolutely disgusted by nudity, but they'll get more into anime porn because it feels very much like a cartoon. It's like, oh, well, this is... This is different because this is just a cartoon.
2: And do you think the shame is is as great?
1: Absolutely. I actually wonder if it perhaps might be greater because because here I am looking at cartoons and getting aroused by it. You know, it's like at least it's almost
2: like like I don't feel like I'm normal.
1: Right, I am actually so abnormal that real porn scares me, real sexuality scares me, but I can watch two animated people have sex and I still get aroused by that. It happens a lot with this furry porn or, an, or animal pornography, you know, it's like it's not really a bestiality where a person wants to have sex with an animal, but it's part animal having sex with part animal and so it's kind of like I can distance myself from it so it's not as much i also think it has something to do with how much emphasize excuse me how much emphasis we put on these days with if you look in the spirit realm i think it has something to do with the the importance we put on saving animals yet we'll kill babies and i know people may think that's a, a far stretch but in my own prayer time i believe that what i feel like god's trying to show up me is that you know the the value of a human life is much lower now in our hearts and minds in this culture not necessarily us individually or people individually but we don't value the life of a child as much as we might value a puppy who's at a shelter And so when you start substituting the value that God placed on human life over all of the other creation, then you begin to see people struggling with being attracted to the things that now hold the higher worth. Yeah, Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but I think that's what we're beginning to enter into is the it's like you. it's not even the created anymore. It's like the unreal becomes more of a sexual object than the, than the real anymore. Right. Because we've gone so far the opposite direction of male, female. God created them together. He valued the sanctity of human life to where now it's almost like we don't care if we go aboard a child, but if you find a puppy in a shelter, everybody wants it to be adopted. You know, it's... And I'm not, I'm not, please don't send me a bunch of hate mail because I'm an animal hater. I'm not. I'm saying we do have to begin to look at the kind of value we place on animals over humans. So I think that's part of what it's caused. But I absolutely think that the shame is even greater because then you feel even more abnormal. Anything that pushes you to a place of feeling more abnormal you're going to feel shame about it. And it doesn't really matter how many times people can tell you, oh, you just have to accept yourself the way you are. Or you just have to love yourself the way you are. And so you just happen to like chubby porn or you just, like to, you just happen to like furry porn or fetishes of some sort. That's just you. No, there's a brokenness in there. You know, there's a, a very deep seated brokenness that God would be thrilled to heal. But you have to be willing to look at it as what it is and quit trying to make it out to be something that's normal in your life. I think we do a lot of that. We take our brokenness and we try to normalize it so we don't feel so bad about it. But we still feel bad about it, right? Mm -hmm. The shame is still there. It's just that we're no longer – we just try to act like we feel better about it. It's like a a woman who would be a dominatrix. You know, It's like if you look at her heart truly – She just wants to control men because she's been so hurt and controlled by men. But she'll put a a label on it and try to normalize it, and our culture tries to normalize it. And so then you can walk away and say, I'm not really broken. So then you never find true freedom. And that's really what we're about is true freedom. So that's our conversation about pornography today. We... We do hope that it has at least triggered some thoughts in your own heart and some abilities to look at your own hurts, and maybe the hurts of people in your family, because that is our desire, is to offer a place for healing and restoration. God never intended us to live in bondage to sin of any kind, and so When the truth will set you free, it really will set you free, but you have to get to the truth. You can't keep hanging on to a lie. You have been listening to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are a healing and prayer ministry in South Texas. Our website is www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. You can even email me directly if you'd like at lee at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We appreciate you listening, and if you have heard something or, or have enjoyed what we've talked about today, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd also be glad to respond and offer you anything that we might have that might be of help to you. Thank you so much, and we'll pick it up next week.